The Iowa Association for Justice has been protecting rights and righting wrongs since 1973. To commemorate this half century of service and accomplishment, we present Inspiration and the Early Years, episode one of a four-part oral history of the Iowa Association for Justice. Hello, IAJ members and supporters. I'm Steve Miller, and you are about to hear from two founding members. Marty Spellman, IAJ's second president from 1974 to 75, and Dwight James, IAJ's fifth president, 1977 to 78. They were there 50 years ago with a core group of supporters to inspire, cajole, and organize their fellow trial lawyers into forming what was then called the Iowa Trial Lawyers Association. Marty begins the story. I think this all started back in uh, about 1973 when we had this no-fault movement in Iowa and across the nation when uh, the insurance companies were trying to take away the right to collect damages for disability and amputations and pain and suffering, et cetera. And I was at a seminar for the Association of Trial Lawyers of America uh, back in, uh, I think it was 73 or uh, in the summer, and my brother Dan and I went down there. <clears throat> and I was attending a, a speech about fighting no fault. And the speaker said, you better get active in your state organizations. And I said, well, we have uh, no state trial lawyers organization. And the Iowa Academy of Trial Lawyers uh, is by invitation only. And he said, well, why don't you start up your own organization? And so that's what motivated us to go to work on this. So within the next several weeks, um, we had a meeting at the Patchy Hotel in Perry where eight people attended, uh, including me, my brother Dan, um, Alan Shirley, Jim Van Worden, uh, George Sumas from Perry, Leo Napolis from Dexter, we decided that we would start the Iowa Trial Lawyers Association, and uh, which has developed into IAJ. We, and we assessed ourselves $50 a piece and declared that we were on the road to organizing. And I had some certificates uh, showing that we were founding members issued to the eight people. We then contacted lawyers around the state that we knew and this morphed into uh, what you just mentioned, Dwight, that uh, uh, we kind of got together with uh, Jim and Byrne Lawyer at the Savory Hotel with about 30 or 40 people. And Jim Lawyer was nominated for president. And Jim Van Worden stood up and nominated me for vice president. <laughs> so that, that's how I got to become vice president. I was not interested in uh, pursuing that uh, before that. And I just wanted to see a a plaintiff's organization. And so that's how, how we got started. And then there were articles of incorporation and the first board of directors. And uh, when I was president uh, in 1974, we opened up our first office in the Fleming building and we hired uh, Diana Rampey as our first executive secretary secretary. And she worked uh, part-time at first. And then we uh, organized what we called task forces, where we would divide the state into four quadrants. And Dwight and I went on a number of uh, task forces together around the state. And we would go to Sioux City, Council Bluffs, uh, Dubuque, uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, Storm Lake, any, any place and every place. 
uh, to recruit lawyers. And we, we modeled this after uh, Oklahoma Trial Lawyers Association because they had a very successful state association and they were very influential in the legislature. And then we organized uh, um, what we called the Key Man uh, Organization, where we tried to uh, have a member of our group assigned to every member of the, of the legislature. So we tried to determine who knew what legislators where, and uh, if they were friends or clients, whatever, uh, they would be assigned as the key man. And to do this, we would uh, use the key men to lobby the legislature to defeat no fault, which we did defeat. Um, and we also organized uh, the HELP Trust. Now, HELP uh, stands for Help Encourage Legislative Process. And that was a trust to uh, solicit money from our members. And we had them sign pledge cards and uh, actually take it out of their bank account if we could. <laughs> and then we would lobby, uh, with, we, we would give the legislatures contributions uh, when they were in, engaged in their campaign. It was a very active organization at that time because we had threats not only to for no fault, but the insurance companies had quit writing product liability insurance uh, to many of the manufacturers, and they were trying to do away with, with strict liability and tort. And uh, we, we did a lot of research on that, and we were ultimately successful in beating that down. But there were a lot of insurance industry issues during those first few years that got our association active and the members wanting to do something about it. And during my administration, we hired, uh, hired Bill Wimmer and, and got a really strong legislative program going. And uh, the other thing is we, we saw the need to educate trial lawyers and do a, helping to teach them to become better trial lawyers. And we had seminars with very good speakers. We did that, and they're conti you're continuing to do that today. Uh, we had speakers from the national scene. We had local lawyers. It was, it was a real joy to be involved in the association at that time. We felt that the rights of injured people were very threatened at that time. And uh, we, we had a good, we had good relationships with the leadership in the state legislature and um, met with them on a regular basis. It really helped when we got Bill Wimmer on, on board. I'm curious to, if you can talk a little bit more about some of the other players that were involved with you two uh, in the early years of IAJ and and a little more about some of the inspiration. You talked about the legislative inspiration, but maybe where trial lawyers were at that time. In the beginning, many of the officers were kind of Vern lawyer selections uh, and people who did business with them. And at least at my level, five years later, I was very interested in getting the leadership into the population of membership. You know, one of the things I remember for sure was 
Uh, Kenny Sachs was not a known trial lawyer. He was a bankruptcy lawyer. And we started spending too much money and got into financial problems. And, and it ended up that Kenny was a real gem because he called all of our creditors and told them he'd get them paid over time and got them to agree to terms. And it worked out just perfectly. Some of the uh, first members that we worked with around the state included Kenny Sachs. Uh, and Jerry Estes uh, was one of our early members. Um, my brother Dan, Chuck Manley from Grinnell, uh, Phil Redenbaugh from Storm Lake did a lot of uh, membership drive work for us. Bob Horak, who was one of the founding members from Jefferson, uh, was active. And Larry Scalise was active. And, and I had many meetings with Jim Lawyer, and we were good friends at the time. And he, and he became active uh, with us. Uh, you mentioned Tim White and Mike Galligan. They were active. But that was our goal at the time was to spread around the state and gain membership. That's, that was one of the main goals was to get membership from around the state. What was the reception like when you were running around with this idea of uh, well, creating this group? I think they were very happy to have somebody pay attention to them and yeah. come into their office and ask them for help. And we were we were pretty aggressive. I remember once Jerry Essence and I were down in Keokuk and we went to uh, uh, Neil McManus, McManus's office, the brother of federal judge McManus. And his secretary said, well, he's not here. And Jerry Essence says, well, where is he? And she <laughs> said, he's playing, playing golf. So we went to the golf course and went out to the third or fourth hole, walked out there and uh, solicited his membership. And I can't remember if he said yes or no. <laughs> but we were aggressive in trying to gain members. And it worked. Was there the kind of perception about trial lawyers that you know has developed over the years? Um, did, you, did you think about the public perception of the, of the profession when you created the association? Well, we're pretty proud of who we were, <laughs> right, Marty? Right. We, we, I think, I think one of the things we tried to sell was the nobility of our cause, and and the fact that you could be a member of the Trial Lawyers Association, and you were doing something for the profession, and you were doing something for your clients, and you were learning to be better trial lawyers. And that, of course, was a threat to the insurance industry, who always wanted us to be looked at as uh, ambulance chasers. I'm really curious about your personal memories um, and maybe some stories. What are your favorite stories that you tell about your uh, years with IAJ and, and during your presidencies? We were in uh, San Francisco once at an Association of Trial Lawyers of America meeting, and we were at uh, Earthquake Lagoon. And some uh, there was dancing going on, and I've got a very pretty wife. And I turned around, and there was Dwight James asking my wife to go dancing with him. And she said yes, and they danced, and she came back, and she said, Dwight is a good dancer. 
<laughs> Earthquake Magoons, that was, <laughs> in San Francisco. My goodness. That was a couple of years ago, Marty. Yeah. I, I'm interested, you know, if you both look at not just those early years, but, you know, from your perspective over the whole 50 years that IAJ has been in existence, what do you think are the major milestones in terms of accomplishments and uh, changes at IAJ over those 50 years? Well, from my perspective, I think that it's gained more membership and it's a bigger organization by far. And it's got a very effective lobbying uh, group, I think. I've been very impressed about uh, what Andrew does and, and what the uh, association does with respect to the legislature, because it's even more difficult now than it was then. Uh, we've got so many legislators that are hostile to the trial lawyers now. And back then, I think we, we didn't have that same hostility in the legislature. Well, number one, there are women trial lawyers. Uh, that wasn't the case then. So, so the association and the officers look quite different today because they, uh, the, the women made a big difference in coming along. The other thing is that workers' compensation has become a, a big uh, function. And uh, in a way, that was the way that we all started because the Association of Trial Lawyers of America had been NACA, the National Association of Claimants Council of America. It started out as, as work comp lawyers. And, uh, and then they got away from that as part of uh, Atlas mission. And when we started this association, uh, comp law wasn't a part of the uh, membership. So that's increased the dimension terrifically uh, in, in bringing a broader group uh, of people interested in and injured people and their remedies. Um, so now you have women and now you have comp lawyers as part of this. I have a million dollar question for you, Dwight. And you were part of building <laughs> this. <laughs> you, you were such a pivotal part of building this organization. When you look at it today, are you proud of what you accomplished, you and your colleagues? Oh, yes. Yes, because today... Uh, so many more people are being educated to become trial lawyers through the Association of Justice. And, and so many, a broader swath of underprivileged people, criminal defendants, workers' compensation victims, accident victims, we broaden the, the uh, area of expertise and we the education programs just assure that we're going to have a bar that's capable of getting those clients uh, a shot at justice and there you have episode one of an iaj oral history the early years our sincere thanks to marty spellman and dwight james for their time and precious memories don't miss episode two building a force for justice where we'll hear from the officers who were at the helm for IAJ's transformation into the prominent organization it is today.